Straight Talk Uncut. Hey, what's up everybody? It's Tellus here, back with another edition of Straight Talk Uncut. And this episode is being recorded on October 31st, 2016. And the quote for this episode goes like this. The goal you set has to be bigger than what you're risking or you won't follow through. Again, the goal you set has to be bigger than what you're risking or you won't follow through. And that was actually, I'm not sure who actually said that, but that was a, a, a text a friend of mine sent to me over the weekend. And it was something he, he either heard or read and you know he decided to share it. So I was like, you know, I thought about it for a while and thought about my goals. <clears throat> you know, we, we always hear about, um, you know, setting your goal. Like if you if you set your goal for, for the moon and miss, you at least hit the stars or something like that. Like, you know, aiming high, aiming like setting your goal really, really high and not being afraid to set your goal high. But I've never heard it put like that. I never heard it put in the way that your, if your goal is not bigger than what you are, um, what you're trying to risk, then it's like, wh what is it for? You know, what's it for? And that made me think of of uh, a lot of things that I I hold high in my life. Like, well, the main thing is family. That's that's I hold that the most higher than anything else. And when I'm out when when I'm looking at you know risk versus uh, versus my goals, my family is always at the pinnacle of that. Like, am I willing to risk uh, you know time with my kids, time with my wife, something, you know, for a goal? And most likely, I mean, usually the answer, well, a hundred percent of the time, the answer is no. But uh, then I try to rephrase it like, okay, but what can I do? Um, case in point, um, my, one, of my, one of my kids got sick, or actually one of my kids been sick. Um, she, she, like before the fall break, they have a fall break. And before the fall break, um, they get two weeks for fall. She got sick like back to back. And you know, and I just like, like I, anytime, if, especially the job I'm working now, because the, the, I don't, I mean, that, that jo job is not like a high priority job on, on my, in my set of goals. It's kind of like an in between, you know what I mean? So if something happens to where I have to leave, it's no, it's, I, you know, it's no big thing to me. I just, I just take off. I just, I just, I just bail, you know, I say, Hey, I got to go. Uh, my, my, my kid is sick, I'm out. You know, whether I have like whatever sick time, vacation time, whatever, I, that shit doesn't matter to me. Um, you know, you know what I mean? So that's like in relationship to, am I going to risk my daughter, you know, really being sick at school for, for this job? And then the answer is no. You know what I mean? So if I was in another situation to where it, it was a job that is supporting my family, a job that is, you know, that I'm in, I'm, I'm really, really invested in. I'm really, really like 
this this job is setting up my family, setting up my my kids. Um, you know, whether it's a trust or some kind of savings for them, or you know, if it's like a retirement plan for me or something like that. You know, then I would have to reevaluate that. You know, maybe I would even um, call my wife and say, "Hey, can you leave? Can you leave work and go?" You know, she she's sick. Um, in the, in the case when I when we were both in the military, this is something that, or actually, when we were both working for the military for the DOD, this was some of the stuff we came. And this this is one of the huge, biggest reasons why I had to leave because that that job was a high priority job. You know, you're working for the DOD. You're behind a secure perimeter. You can't you can't just leave. You can't just boat. If something happens, you can't you can't just go. You know, if if the base is on lockdown, you can't just go and say, "Hey, I need you to make uh, an exception and let me through this gate. My kid is sick." And the scariest time that ever happened is when this put it put in perspective is actually when my wife was pregnant with my first daughter. Um, I was working behind a secure perimeter to where it's like multiple layers of security uh, checkpoints to, to, you know, to get out to, to leave the facilities. And, and, and on top of that, there was no, you can't, at the time you could take um, cell phones in, but now you can't take any cell phones in that, in that same, on that same base. My wife currently still worked there. Um, but at the time you could take your cell phone, but you didn't have any reception. And so I remember, I remember, because uh, my office was, well, my office was in a separate building from where I actually did my job. But it's all, all, all on the same base. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense. Like my office was, well, my cubicle was, was separated, was in another building from the operation center. So, you know, when I, when I had a package or something, you know, I would go from my cubicle, you know, me and whoever I'm working with, you know, and then we would go over to the other building, to the operation center to do our job. And that's, you, you, ha you, you have no communication. If someone wanted to get a hold of you, you know, you, they would know where you are. And then they, they would call that what's called a module. They would call that module or that building and you would get uh, sent for through intercom or through a runner or something. So. One of, the, one of the things I always like, I was like, if I ever, you know, if I ever have kids, I'm gonna be there for every one of their births. And I, and I did, but this was with my first daughter. And I just remember having so much anxiety of being that guy that, that wasn't, that didn't see the birth, that wasn't there, you know? And, um, and I was already pushing it, you know what I mean? I was already pushing it by, you know, I, because I wanted to work up until like the last minute because I knew I was going to take a lot of time off. And I remember uh, leaving leaving the, the office like, you know, everybody asked me, did you get the call yet? Did you get, get the call yet? Because they, you know, everybody knew she was close. Because, you know, people, the same people that knew me knew her because we were, most of the people we work with, I know this is a long story, most of the people we work with, we were in the military with also, so we all knew each other, right? So I'm getting off the elevator, me and some other people, and this one girl, uh, she was standing there, she was like, your, your, your wife just went into labor. 
And, and, and actually, I think she, I think she actually said, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what she said. She said, your wife is going into labor, right? But, and I was like, just freaking out because I couldn't make a call, couldn't do anything. And then I remember just, you know, uh, the dude I was with, he was like, dude, I got you, I got you, just, just take off, just bail. I call the gates and say, you know, so they can already expect you coming up. So I get up there, even though they call, um, I, I get to the gate. There was, you know, there was hesitation going through the actual, uh, there's like two processes. Going through the first process is where I got hesitant, was where I got held up at. Cause the, the scanners and systems weren't working. And I was like, I was like, what the hell is going on? You know, and I'm panicking. And so once I get out to where I can get cellular service, I called my wife and she wasn't even going to labor. And she was like, no, she's like, I just, she's like, I called, she had called just to, just to say, hey, she thinks she's getting close. But, um, but she did, did end up, she was, she was already in the hospital, right? So what had happened was right after I got there, her water broke. So it was almost like, you know, I, I panicked, but if I hadn't left, I, I would have been in that situation. But that's, that's the, I, that's the example I'm giving of like, when you, you know, when, when you're t talking about risk, like it, it, a, a job, it's a job worth missing something like that. And for me, it wasn't, it wasn't like, like I, you know, I remember saying, you know what? I'm, I never want to be in this situation again. And that situation has come up again and again and again before. Uh, whether it was my wife couldn't leave for something, you know, she, like you know, like I said, she's she's at, at the same facility. She gets stuck on base, she couldn't leave. Or um, when she was at home, I couldn't leave. I was stuck on a base. You know, and it, it just got to where we you know it's like we we both can't not have control of our lives like that one of us got to have some kind of freedom um to always be there and we and that's one of the things we always made you know we always we always said like actually we never even said it it was just understood that we were never going to put anything above our kids no job nothing and and so when i make my goals uh that's always at the forefront you know, if, if I'm if I'm going out for a job and if the hours interfere with um, like if, if, if there's an overlay to where it, there's a time where both where where both my wife and I can't pick up the kids or something like that, then no, it, it can't work. It, it just is not going to work for me. If there's a um, uh, like when I was in real estate, if there was a closing or something that sort of interfered with that. The only time I even spoke up about like closing times and dates, you know, cause usually I was I was pretty lenient about all that. The only time I spoke up if if it interfered with some pre-arranged schedule I had with my kids or my wife, you know. And my wife is easy going. She knows, you know. She she can she you know she um you know work around stuff, uh, but you know. Sometimes when the kids have a game or they have like a PTA or one-on-one -on -one with the teacher, you know, we one of us is always at their school. One of us is always, always there. You know, a lot of times you you won't see us both together at a you know at a school function or something like that unless it's like a uh, 
a softball game or something like that, but you're gonna see one of us. You're gonna see one of us. Um, and I've, you know, the, the, whole, the for the entire time I, my uh, kids been in school, there's always some kids that you've, I've ne you've never seen their parents, ever. You've never seen their parents. You know, and, and that kid is usually always the one that the teacher kind of like take under their arm because they know. I mean, I, I know like there's there's circumstance, and I was that kid growing up. I was that kid growing up. Like, you you you, you never saw my well, I, you know I only see parents. Just said my mom. She was like for a few times she went to uh, you know like PTA, but she you know she had to work. She, she you know and 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 luckily enough we were in a time to where you know latchkey. I mean there are there are still latchkey kids, but it wasn't as big of a deal then than it is now because there was a gang of us all together you know what I mean and there was always like like families were kind of like a little bit more close-knit than than uh, than what I see now and a lot of it is because um, families don't 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 stay especially here it's a big military town <clears throat> families don't stay like like they did you know back where i'm from they, you know you, you could I, I lived my whole life where i had the same neighbors you know the whole time i was growing up i had the same same neighbors for all those years um but i don't know i, I think i kind of got off the point but you gotta see what i'm saying like about your 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 goal <clears throat> has to be let me let me go back to it <laughs> so i won't mess it up um uh, yeah the goal you set has to be bigger than what you're risking, right? It, it has to be. It has to be bigger than what you're risking. You have to have, like, whatever what, what you're risking has to be has to be worth it. The goal has to be worth it. Is what it comes down to. Like, like that goal. And, and you, you, I mean, look at how many, how many, you know, these these quote successful people. A lot of times. They, they risk a lot. They risk scrutiny, you know, by being in the media. They risk not having a personal life. They risk chances of, the, of their families, families being destroyed. It's a lot of risk going in there. Um, but I, I remember early, like, the one thing, you know, you know, there was, I can't remember what book it was, but it was like, write all the things you're willing to risk, write all, all your goals and all the things you, you're willing to risk, you're willing to risk. But I never put it down like, you know, I never looked at it like that. Like my goal has to be bigger. I, I knew what I wasn't willing to risk, but I always knew that, you know, there, there may be a line and I always kind of like played that line to where as my kids get older, the more subtle things I'm, I'm able to risk. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know if that, if that makes sense. It makes sense to me like in my head when I'm thinking about it. But sometimes, like when I when I try to verbalize it, it comes out of scramble. So I'm, I'm not sure if I'm getting my point across. But um, but yeah, you know, I got that. I, I didn't even reply back to him when I got there because I was just thinking about it. I was like, is that the same as saying make your you know your your goal has to be has to be big? No, it's not saying that. It's saying your goal has to be bigger than what you're willing to willing to risk. Otherwise. What what are you, what is it for? You know, you, it's like you're thinking too small. 
you 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 risking a whole lot for this small little tiny goal is is the the short the long and short of it so anyway yeah so it's october 31st halloween it, halloween is not i mean halloween is since i've had kids you know yeah we we do the halloween thing matter of fact my wife just finished this awesome ass costume uh for my for my middle daughter but she just finished at two two this morning and man the, the thing is just crazy i i may put up a picture but is I, I don't know man kids getting into this this stuff that I, i'm like i never even heard it but i guess that's these these customized costumes that cost a lot of money called uh they call them fur suits or fur costumes or something like that furries but so what my wife did was she bought the she bought the skeleton pretty much and it's just a head uh and i'm not sure if she's gonna even get around to do the rest of it but because it took her she's been working on this thing for probably like three four weeks if not more if not longer and the reason why it's taking her so long because she's just going off my daughter's brain her ideas and sketches and pictures this is not something that she and plus my wife worked full time you know um it's so so she you know she's doing this she finished this costume and it is it's just it's awesome man it's like something like once even even when i see it's it done it's like you always it's like you forget like i, I can't i mean i knew it took her a long time because the the living room the dining room area was just torn up with fabric and all this stuff but it's like I, I still can't even see understand even though i watched the process like when it's done it's like i can't even understand how did you even put that together just based off my my daughter's like just just her telling you what she wants she sketched you know she will sketch a little part of it and show it to my wife my wife would like come out my, my wife she you know she she sews and stuff like that so that wasn't a problem but just to be able to come up with it and then go buy the fabric piece by piece i think saturday they went to 11 different stores um uh, and, and that's just saturday she's been she's been piecing this stuff together for like like i said for weeks and saturday went to 11 different stores and pieced and finally got everything pieced together man and it's just it's a phenomenal costume i mean it's just it's just awesome um so I mean, every year one of my kids wants some something like this. Wants some custom, or wants some—I I don't know, man. Wants some some kind of thing, something you just can't go buy. That's pretty much the the gist of it. Like they don't just buy these pre-made costumes; they always put together their own thing. Um. So, but uh, yeah, Halloween, man, is like one of those one of those ho holidays. If I didn't have kids, I wouldn't, man. I mean, I wouldn't care about no Halloween. <laughs> like, you know, like, I don't know, but it, it is what it is. We, you know, we'll pass out candy and the dogs bark all night. Yeah, every time the doorbell rings. Um, you know, we usually just st stay in our neighborhood. Uh, you know, and especially this year, we're going to be a little more cautious with this clown shit going on. But, uh, yeah, man, this it, you know it's just one of those things to you know you just gotta roll with it. But yeah, I, I mean, I really don't even understand the holiday. You know, it's just uh, I don't know. Even even when I was younger, I never really got it. I'm like, so you mean to tell me 
we just go knock on people's doors and then just and beg for stuff. Like, that's okay, but you can't, you know, because I wasn't even the guy to ever go borrow sugar. I remember my mom once <laughs> asked me to go. She only did it a few times, I remember, but we were, she was in the middle of baking. And it's usually around, like, Thanksgiving, where it was one ingredient. And this was, you know, this was back in the day where, you know, no stores uh, uh, open on the holidays. Like, there was no Walmart. We didn't have a Walmart in our town. The only store we had was this little mom and pop called Star Groceries, Star Supermarket. And it was nothing super about it. It was just like a mom and pop uh, corner grocery store. And that was the only store we had. We didn't, we didn't, there was no Walmart. There was a Kroger like on the other side of town and that was it, you know? So I remember like probably once every other, if not every Thanksgiving or Christmas, my mom would always run out of like salt or sugar or you know some something that she normally would have stocked to the hilt but for some reason around these holidays she wouldn't have and you know i would need to go borrow like a cup of sugar or something i, I always hated that i'm like i just all like i've always hated that so even with trick-or-treating you know i was like so the guy who is hesitant to go borrow a cup of sugar from someone someone he knows is gonna go up and ring somebody's doorbell and and ask for some damn candy. I, I I never really, I never really liked Halloween. You know, I never really like got that. Um. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I, I was I was kind of a weird kid. I was always like, at an early age, aware of uh, 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 being aware of things like that. Like, how's how's that normal? Like, okay, so if it's normal on this uh, this holiday. Any other day, if you go up to somebody's house <laughs> and ask for something, they'll look at you like you're crazy. But not only do you do it on Halloween, people who purposely go and buy stuff so they get, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think I'm, I know I'm making too much out of it. it you know, it's fun, except for all the crazy shit that happens. You know, you're going to hear some stories about something crazy happening. So, uh, so that's what I was doing this weekend. You know, while my wife was working on that, I was doing, uh, I, I normally do, like, when I do laundry, I normally do my clothes and towels, like, like easy stuff, <laughs> because I try to do, and, and I, like, like, I, I've never been this person to where, like, the wife does the laundry, the man cook, like, I was, I, I was by myself, like, you know, for a long time. So I always did my own laundry, and, and when I met my wife, we used to, one when we first moved in together, one of the things we always butt heads with was, I never wanted her to do anything like for me. Like I, I cook my own food, <laughs> I wash my own clothes. I, I never, I, you know, I, I wasn't used to that. And and I even remember when my mother-in-law first came to live before she was my mother-in-law. She, I was ironing some pants for work. You know, this is when, when me and my wife was just shacking up. We weren't married yet. She was like, um, you know, you want me to iron those pants? I'm like, no, I can, I'm like, I can, I'm a grown man. I can iron my own pants. I didn't say it like that, but I was just thinking like, why would I want somebody else to iron my pants? And I, you know, and I wasn't thinking she was trying to be helpful. I still have problems with that now. You know, I wasn't thinking she was just trying to be helpful. I'm like, I always took it as like, uh, you don't think I can iron my own pants? So one day, this was the last time I did like everybody else's laundry. I still do like, 
uh, like, like my laundry and like I do tile. I do stuff that's like I can't screw up. But I've never been this separate whites from <laughs> from you know colors. I always just threw all everything together, and I would get like the the whatever the detergent that you can do that with, right? I, I never cared about that. I just, I mean, look at look, man. I was I was a single guy. Me and my friends, we would go to the laundromat. You know, we would pick a day to go to the laundromat. Right next to the laundromat was a liquor store. We would grab like a '64 a OE each. I remember one time we went and got a case of 64-ounce OE. But uh, we would go to the laundromat, hang out, and be drinking beer at the laundromat, right? And we would just, we didn't separate. We wanted to be in and out as quick as possible before we got too blasted. And, um, and you know, we would throw all the clothes in there. And I've never had, like, any clothes get mixed up or, or anything. But this one time, one time, uh, I went against my wife's orders to do the laundry. And I was like, I'm going I'm to do this laundry. I'm like, you can't tell me not to do the laundry. So I did the laundry. And there was one thing in there that was red. That like, I, I don't I don't know why, but it, it le- I mean, I, I, like I said, I've done this plenty of time. But for some reason, this thing had bled through. And it didn't even ruin anything significant. It just ruined like some t-shirts. Uh, and most for the most part, it was my stuff that it ruined. But she was still like pissed off, and so that was the last time I ever did everybody else's clothes. Uh, so, you know, so this weekend, while she was working on that, I was doing stuff like that, uh, just doing the towels and doing all the other, you know, kind of like staying out of her way, so she can, you know, so she can get all that stuff done. We usually have a movie night on the weekend. We didn't, we we kind of skipped our movie night, but uh, yeah, it was worth it, man. When I woke up this morning. Cause I know she didn't go to bed till like two, but I woke her up at five, uh, five thirty actually, and uh, she was like dead. And you know, one of the first things she asked me was, "Did you see it?" Cause she had the head sitting on like a mannequin head. We got these mannequin heads for where we do our shows. And when I first came downstairs this morning, I got up at three. No, I got up at two thirty actually. So she must, she must have just getting right in the in the bed. So um, I I saw the mannequin. Uh, the, the the head on the mannequin, the mask, and I was like, "Damn!" I was just like blown away, man. It was it was just like crazy that she. I mean, but you know, and that's that's sometimes like that's why you you when you, when you're in a relationship, you gotta have someone that can even that stuff out. Like I would, that's something I would never do. If anything, I would have I would have went and bought it or had somebody else to do it because I don't I don't have the patience to do stuff like that now. If it's something else, like last week, my daughter had to create this um, this this tabletop. She had to create a tabletop game so the kids in the lower grades, I think it was, could play it. It could have been her own classroom, but they had to come up with their own own made uh, games. And so I helped her with that. You know, I, it was like some. Um, she wanted to create a game like. Um, you know, like at the at the carnivals, like the either the horseshoe game or the ring toss. She wanted to create something like that. So my wife found these doll rods, doll rods that I cut, stuck into a shoebox. Uh, I hot glued them in there so they wouldn't fall. We found some of these old rings she had, uh, my daughter had from like, I don't know, some other toy. 
and that was it. You know, I can, I can, I do, I usually do stuff like that to where it's, if it's gluing, sawing, cutting, yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, but some of the other stuff, I, uh, I can do it, but I'm not like meticulous like my wife. Like I've created stuffed animals for my kids, or you know, like uh, plush toys. I've, I've done it uh, out of like old, old denim. You know, I've made like you know a little handmade. Uh, stuffed animals and stuff like that but <laughs> you can tell dad made them you know what I mean so when you have someone that's gonna be the uh, attention to detail and a precise person it kind of evens out the relationship so uh, I, I don't know man it's like it's like when it's it's like when you when, she, when you when they're doing something like that it's chaotic but then when you see the final product you like yeah it was worth it it was it was worth missing uh, movie night for, for her to finish that costume. So um, so yeah, the other thing I did this weekend, I didn't I didn't even get a chance to develop any film or anything, man. I was just like I said, it was it was chaotic. Um, I, I'm actually I'm actually uh, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I'm I'm renewing my real estate license, <clears throat> so I try to get a lot of time in over the weekend to study for that. I'm giving myself uh, to the end of like December to be to finish the all of the prep work, the prep material, and test it out. But um, one thing, one thing, this is totally off the subject. One thing I've been wanting to do that I tried to do a long time ago, but I totally did it wrong was uh, was uh, shave my head. Right, I shaved my head bald when I was in the Air Force. I can't remember why I did it. Maybe I messed up a haircut or something. I'm not even sure why I did it, but it it it, it went horribly wrong. Like I just used like a I don't know like a, a you know over the counter whatever razor. And I, I'm not a, I'm not a shaver anyway. So I did I never even shaved my face with a razor. I always use uh like the, the what I have now is a Panasonic Arc Four, and at the time I had like the Panasonic Arc One. I had like the first version of that, and that's what I actually entered basic training with. It's a wet dry shaver. <clears throat> and that's what I've always used, except for that one time I tried to shave my head ball. I used that, you know, and it, it just went horribly wrong. So I've never tried to shave my head again. I've never used a razor on my face at all. Um, but, you know, since I cut my dreads off, I just used my clippers and shaved down as close as possible. But I, you know, I'm like I, I want to, I want to get it just bald. So, just by coincidence, I downloaded this book called The Art of Manliness, and there was a section in there talking about, um, um, you know, using safety razors and straight razors, and, and he mentioned that there are they cause way less irritation than uh, actually no actually before I even did that. I I, uh, I was looking into the bevel system. That's what it was. I was looking into the bevel system, and then I, I I've heard about it, but I never knew what it was. You know, I, I knew what it was, but I didn't. I never knew what kind of products came with it. So I was like, you know what? I want to shave my head bald. So I you know, and I listen to a lot of podcasts that talk about bevel. And so when I I looked it up, um, I you know I went to the website and I saw that it's just a safety razor. I was like, oh. You know, I don't know. I don't know why I was thinking it was something else, but no, it's just a, like a traditional safety razor. So I was like, "Oh, okay." And then, 
right after that, I listened to the Art of Manliness and then mentioned a safety razor and the straight razor being the best shave you can get because it doesn't irritate your skin and it's, it's just better. And I was like, oh, so Bevel is, is going off that tradition. You know what I mean? So I, look, I started looking more into Bevel and I'm like, okay, well, so what's proprietary with that razor? And as far as I can see, it wasn't, it, it just looked like a straight razor to me. I couldn't find anything that said that this razor is anything more than a traditional safety razor, right? So it must be in the product. So I started looking into the product and I was like, all right, let me order it. So I went to order it. You know, I was gonna order it. You get a, uh, from what I can tell, you got the products. And this is what I thought. You got the products and the safety razor for like 39 bucks. I was like, oh, well, a good safety razor costs more than 39 bucks. I was, I was like, so deal. And then, so when I tried to order it, I found out it was like a subscription service. You know, it was, it was you, you know, you had to pay $30 a month. At first I was thinking it was $30 every three months. I was like, I can do that. There's no big deal. But then it was $30 a, it was $30 a month. And then you had to pay three months in advance or something like that. It's something weird. It started getting weird, right? So I was like, wait a minute, if, you know. And then you know the the thing about it, like I'm not I'm not like this subscription type person for stuff like that. That I, like I said, I don't I don't shave. So for me, I I, I didn't know if I was going to be using that much product to where it, it uh, justifies thirty dollars a month. Like I said, I don't I don't grow a lot of facial hair. I had uh, I had LASIK on my jaws and my cheeks, so I don't even grow like a beard. I grow a goatee and a mustache, and then my head, you know. And I was like, will I go through this much product? And which I knew I wouldn't. Uh, but but maybe if I start shaving like every other day now that I can, if this stuff worked, maybe I would. So anyway, I started looking up more reviews, and then sure enough what I feared about subscription service, you know, even though they say you can cancel at any time, it's always some kind of hesitation when you try to do that. And I saw a review saying, yeah, I, I counseled and uh, they still charge me for this and blah, 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 and whatever, you know. Long story short, I just started going online. And sure enough, man, there was these tons of YouTube videos, not just YouTube videos, there's a whole like, uh, a whole subculture, I don't know if you can call that, of just shave fanatics. And I was like, oh, okay, here here you go, T, down the fucking rabbit hole of learning about shaving. So I, I specifically was looking for black dudes that shave their head with safety razors. So, of course, man, there's like a billion types of options of safety razors. Uh, anything from, well, I think the cheapest one I saw was 10 bucks to the most expensive modern one was like 300 bucks and then there was some vintage ones for like 250 and then um so i started looking looking and like everything the vintage stuff that's been around for 50 60 years is always built better so i was like okay i wonder if i can find well so i started finding videos of vintage versus modern and sure enough there was guys with videos showing that you know these gillettes uh, for the most part, you know, the Gillette um, Fat Boy. And so I started looking up Gillette Fat Boy adjustable. I was like, no, I'm not paying that. You know, this thing is from 1930s, 40s, 50s, whatever. And it's commanding prices. I think the cheapest I saw one was like 65 all the way up to like $300. And 
And I was like, wow. So long story short, I ended up buying, I ended up finding on eBay three vintage Gillette's in good condition. Of course, I'm going to, you know, I even found the video where a guy was restoring one. You know, he, he showed from, from beginning to end the way he bought, he got it. He restored it, cleaned it up disinfected it did all of that and then shave with it i was like bam i subscribed to that guy's channel because that's exactly what i'm trying to do so um so so that's what i that's what i did i found uh <laughs> i mean just from, from this is from like friday you know me thinking about this friday and then sunday i bought three shavers but i ended up finding three vintage gillettes a red tip black tip and then a flare tip and I just, I'm talking like I know that. I just learned that shit this weekend. But they're, they're good. They have the date codes and everything from a guy with 100% rating on, on eBay. 30 bucks ship. Three vintage Gillette's, butterfly open. Because I figure if I'm going to start, I don't want to have to be messing with multiple pieces. So I just got the uh, single body with the butterfly open. I, I, I wanted an adjustable simply because... You know, I, I wasn't, sh you know, I've never shaved before. I wanted to um, have some options. So I couldn't find a, an adjustable in the price range. I, there was one new adjustable called a Parker 99R that it's like $32. But I ended up getting these three for what the price of one new one would cost. Um, and these things last, man. These things last. The only thing you're replacing are the blades. And the blades, are, you know, I've seen from my research, blade like a hundred blades for like nine bucks, depending on or, or a little bit more, depending on what kind of blades you got. So I was like, all right, bet. You know, I was like, you know, deal. But that, that's another thing that goes to show, man. There's no excuse for for being ignorant about everything. I mean, I saw I saw newbies, and there's a lot of young bucks getting to shaving their head. Um, you know, a lot of young dudes going going ball early. There was one. There was one um, black dude that I, you know, like I said, our, our hair texture is different. So I was I was I got a lot of there's of course more white dudes with the videos, but I found a few black dudes shaving their head and, and showing the process, and they were newbies as well. So I'm like, they're in the same situation I am, and they're doing it, and I'm going to learn from them. So there was this one guy. I can't um, Nate Matthews his name. Um, young dude, he went, he started going bald early. Now, when I shaved my head, I wasn't going bald. I, I had dreads, dreadlocks that I had been growing 15 years. And it, it started to get in where the maintenance, uh, you know, especially if I didn't want to just look dirty to where the maintenance was getting too, it started to get too, too crazy. And, um, and I never, when I, when I first started my dreads, I went to a salon with his latest starter, but my wife always maintained it. And then I didn't want her to be my hair salon, my, my, what is it, salonist, hair salonist, my hair person. You know, I didn't want to be bothering with her, with her about like, you know, doing my hair and like washing it and all that. So I was like, you know what? I had this shit long enough. Bam, buzzed them off. And then I just started shaving. Now I just want to go straight ball and, uh, and get that ball look. So, uh, but a lot of these dudes who started shaving their hair ball is because they were going ball, like early age baldness. And, um, but it, it's just a lot of information out there. I, I was surprised that guy, that dudes went through 
like some of the stuff dudes went through about going ball, like anxiety and all this other stuff. I was, I was kind of surprised at that. I was like, I was kind of be empathetic with it, but I'm like, man, just shave it. I, I remember the first time I ever shaved my head, like when I said shave, not with a razor, but shaved it off, was my last few semesters in, in college when I knew I was going to the Air Force, I just started early. I shaved off my fade. Ball, I was going ball. I, I, sh I cut it ball. This is before anybody else was like, uh, like any, anyone I knew was going ball. Everybody was rocking afros then. People started rocking afros. And I just remember standing out. People was like, what the hell? And I think it was either R. Kelly or somebody came out with ball. And then people started. Then it was like, when I, when, you know, I was in the military by then. I started growing my hair back. Then people started going ball. Then people start rocking the ball. Look, I was like, okay, I was a little bit early. <laughs> now it's cool, but I, I really never, I, I never really cared, like cared about what people thought, man. So uh, you know, it's just like you once you, if you do your own thing, man, just do your own thing. Like I never, the only people like I was hesitant because my wife wasn't sure when I cut my dress. She was real hesitant. Like my wife usually is is cool. She used a roll with everything, but this is one thing. I know she liked my dreads, but this is one thing she was like. <laughs> she was like, she was real unsettled when I did it. Like even 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 a while after, then she finally said, "You know, it's growing on me." My kids were like, from the time that I cut my, because my kids were at home when I cut my dreads off. I know this sounds like some vanity shit, like I'm going on, but. My kids were at home when I cut my dress off. Matter of fact, they recorded it and they were just flabbergasted. But from the time the clippers turned off and I was done, it probably five minutes after that, they was back on the computer. It was already old to them. They had already gotten used to it. I was like, I wasn't even used to it yet. And they were just like, yeah. They was, I was like, are you guys used to it already? They were like, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was so hilarious how kids are, man. It's just like they were just like over it in like five minutes. They put up a fuss before I did it because they were like, "Well, shouldn't mom be here? Don't you want to call mom?" Because I didn't even tell her I was gonna do it. And uh, <laughs> and and I was I was trying to get them to help me. My oldest daughter didn't want no part of. She's like, I don't want no part of that. She's like, <laughs> she just didn't want any part of it. But my youngest daughter. She was like, yeah, dad, I helped you. So she got the seals and started cutting them off. But after it was over, they were just like, all right, well, okay. Watch some Netflix. But uh, anyway, man, so stay tuned. I, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing videos about it. I see a lot of people doing videos about their shaving system. But I, I'm just going to point you guys, if you guys have never shaved, and you something you're thinking about. They got Nate Matthews, and there's another guy, Nick Shaves. Um... For black dudes, Nate Matthews is the one. For anybody, Nick Shave, because this dude, you know, he I think he had like the most subscribers of all the other people doing videos about shaving and stuff. But uh, anyway, man, I'm running out of time. That's it. Like I always say, I don't know a lot, but I, what I do know, I talk straight about. This has been Straight Talk Uncut. Thank you guys for listening. Talk to you in the next episode.